Section 5 The Minister in the Pulpit Preach the Word Giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. Second Timothy chapter 4 verses 1 and 2. In these direct and forcible words is made plain the duty of the minister of Christ. He is to preach the word, not the opinions and traditions of men, not pleasing fables or sensational stories to move the fancy and excite the emotions. He is not to exalt himself, but as in the presence of God, he is to stand before a dying world and preach the word. There is to be no levity, no trifling, no fanciful interpretation. The minister must speak in sincerity and deep earnestness as a voice from God expounding the sacred scriptures. He is to bring to his hearers those things which concern their present and eternal good. My ministering brethren, as you stand before the people, speak of those things that are essential, those things that will instruct. Teach the great practical truths that must be brought into the life. Teach the saving power of Jesus, in whom we have redemption, even the forgiveness of sins. Colossians 1.14 Strive to make your hearers comprehend the power of truth. Ministers should present the sure word of prophecy as the foundation of the faith of Seventh-day Adventists. The prophecies of Daniel and the Revelation should be carefully studied, and in connection with them the words, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. John 1.29 The 24th chapter of Matthew is presented to me again and again as something that is to be brought to the attention of all. We are today living in the time when the predictions of this chapter are fulfilling. Let our ministers and teachers explain these prophecies to those whom they instruct. Let them leave out of their discourses matters of minor consequences and present the truths that will decide the destiny of souls. The time in which we are living calls for constant vigilance, and God's ministers are to present the light on the Sabbath question. They should warn the inhabitants of the world that Christ is soon to come with power and great glory. The last message of warning to the world is to lead men to see the importance that God attaches to his law. So plainly is the truth to be presented that no transgressor, hearing it, shall be excusable and failing to discern the importance of obedience to God's commands. I am instructed to say, gather from the scriptures the proof that God has sanctified the seventh day, and let these proofs be read before the congregation. Let those who have not heard the truth be shown that all who turn aside from the plain, thus saith the Lord, must suffer the result of their course. In all ages, the Sabbath has been the test of loyalty to God. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever, the Lord declares. Exodus 31:17. Subheading, Policy in Sacred Things. The gospel is now opposed on every side. Never was the confederacy of evil stronger than at present time. Spirits of evil are combining with human agencies to war against the commandments of God. Tradition and falsehoods are exalted above the scriptures, reason and science above revelation, 
human talent above the teaching of the Spirit, forms and ceremonies above the vital power of godliness. Grievous sins have separated the people from God. Infidelity is fast becoming fashionable. We will not have this man to reign over us, is the language of thousands. God's ministers must lift up the voice like a trumpet and show the people their transgressions. The smooth sermons so often preached make no lasting impression. Men are not cut to the heart because the plain, sharp words of the truth of God are not spoken to them. Many of those who profess the, to believe the truth would say, if they express their real sentiments, what need is there of speaking so plainly? They might as well ask, Why need John the Baptist have said to the Pharisee, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Matthew 3, 7. Why need he have provoked the anger of Herodias by telling Herod that it was unlawful for him to live with his brother's wife? He lost his life by speaking so plainly. Why could he not move along without incurring the anger of Herodias? So men have argued till policy has taken the place of faithfulness. Sin is allowed to go unrebuked. When will be heard once more in the church the voice of faithful rebuke, Thou art the man? See 2 Samuel 12.7 If these words are not so rare, we should see more of the power of God. The Lord's messengers should not complain of their efforts being fruitless until they repent of their love of approbation, their desire to please men, which leads them to suppress the truth and to cry, Peace, when God has not spoken peace. Would that every minister of God realize the holiness of his work and the sacredness of his calling. As divinely appointed messengers, ministers are in a position of awful responsibility. In Christ's stead, they are to labor stewards of the mysteries of heaven, encouraging the obedient and warning the disobedient. Worldly policy is to have no weight with them, Never are they to swear from the path in which Jesus has bidden them walk. They are to go forward in faith, remembering that they are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. They are not to speak their own words, but the words that one greater than the potentates of earth has bidden them speak. The message is to be, Thus saith the Lord. God calls for men who, like Nathan, Elijah, and John, will bear his message with fearlessness regardless of consequences, who will speak the truth, though to do this calls for the sacrifice of all they have. Subheading, As Sharp Arrows The words of Christ were sharp arrows which went to the mark and wounded the hearts of his hearers. Every time he addressed the people, whether his audience was large or small, his words took saving effect upon the soul of someone. No message that fell from his lips was lost. Every word he spoke placed a new responsibility upon those who heard. And today, the ministers who in sincerity are giving the last message of mercy to the world, relying on God for strength, need not fear that their efforts will be in vain. Although no human eye can see the path of the arrow of the truth, who can say that the arrow is not sped to the mark and pierced the souls of those who listened? Although no human ear has heard the cry of the wounded soul, yet the truth has silently cut its way to the heart. God has spoken to the soul, and in the day of final account, his faithful ministers will stand with the trophies of redeeming grace 
to give honor to Christ. No one can tell what is lost by attempting to preach without the unction of the Holy Spirit. In every congregation there are souls who are hesitating, almost decided to be holy for God. Decisions are being made, but too often the minister has not the spirit and power of the message, and no direct appeals are made to those who are trembling in the balance. In this age of moral darkness, it will take something more than dry theory to move souls. Ministers must have a living connection with God. They must preach as if they believe what they say. Living truths falling from the lips of the man of God will cause sinners to tremble, and the convicted to cry out, Jehovah is my God. I am resolved to be holy on the Lord's side. Never should the messenger of God cease striving for greater light and power. He should toil on, pray on, hope on, amid discouragement and darkness, determined to gain a thorough knowledge of the Scriptures and to come behind in no gift. As long as there is one soul to be benefited, he should press forward with new courage at every effort. So long as Jesus has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, Hebrews 13.5, so long as the crown of righteousness is offered to the overcomer, so long as our advocate pleads in the sinner's behalf, ministers of Christ should labor with hopeful, tireless energy and persevering faith. Men who assume the responsibility of giving to the people the word from the mouth of God make themselves accountable for the influence they exert on their hearers. If they are true men of God, they will know that the object of preaching is not to entertain. It is not merely to convey information, nor to convince the intellect. The preaching of the word of God should appeal to the intellect and should impart knowledge, but it should do more than this. The minister's utterances, to be effectual, must first reach the hearts of his hearers. He should not bring amusing stories into his preaching. He must strive to understand the soul's great need and longing. As he stands before his congregation, let him remember that there are among his hearers those who are wrestling with doubt, almost in despair, well-nigh hopeless. Those who, constantly harassed by temptation, are fighting a hard battle with the adversary of souls. Let him ask the Savior to give him words to speak, that will strengthen these souls for the conflict with evil.